This is Y-Tune Shuffle. Y-Tune Shuffle, it's the music that informs our lives. The rules here are that there are no rules other than just bring in your music, mm. hit play. We- and then we get to pick your brain about why those songs. Oh, oh the duet of the two of them with their hair. Everything. I-, I went to the wedding and I was kind of mocking everything, you know, and this song comes on as the song that they dance to at the wedding. And I was just thinking to myself, holy shit, is my brother and his wife really dancing to the soft ballad of the hard rock band extreme for their wedding dance? Is that happening? <laughs> is that Apparently happening? so. <laughs> Welcome to Y-Tunes Shuffle, a celebration of the music that inspires our lives. With your host, comedian and radio personality Maggie Mayfield, and Hollywood's secret weapon David Earl Waterman, this is Y Tunes Shuffle. See, dads have great ways of sort of linguistics because Chicago, I learned how to spell from my dad, who was like checking in the car and the car won't go. That's how you spell Chicago. All right, Dad. Bam. Are we going? Is it time for our show? That is hilarious. It is time. It's called Y Tune Shuffle. Maggie Mayfield, your host with you with David Earl Waterman, aka Hollywood Secret Weapon. And our guest today is Jack Go Grieve. Jack. Hello. But don't die because then we'll literally have to go grieve. Exactly. That's, That's a really adorable story. <laughs> <laughs> how do you pronounce your last name? Go grieve. No, how do you spell your last name? Go- I'm not sad about anything. It's like who's on first. Uh-huh. I don't know. <laughs> Third yeah. base. <laughs> no, literally, that's what my dad said. He said, "If you, when people ask you, it was like a little sit-down thing. If some people ask you how to say your last name, say, when somebody dies, you go grieve.' And we we're like, noted. Uh-huh. And that's what we do. Yeah. And you're from New Orleans. Yeah. Jack, born and raised. What's that like? It's a great town. Yeah. I mean, I it... love it. I couldn't live there, but why? It's hard. I mean, you especially if you have any inkling to party till four o'clock in the morning every night, then mm. you can do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can do that. Yeah. I mean, there were countless days when I was growing up where certain bars we'd find ourselves with the sun coming up and you're going, Oh God, I'm not really getting anything done. I'm nineteen years old and I might just die on this pool table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a very serious question for you. Mardi Gras or Jazz Fest? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it depends what you're looking for. I mean, Mardi Gras, it's weird. And Mardi Gras is kind of misunderstood. It's like growing up there as a kid, mm-hmm. it's what you, it lasted like all of January, February, and March. And it's what you did after school. There would be a parade every afternoon, and you'd go out and your band, your school band would be marching down the street, and they would throw beads and doubloons, and you'd go and collect them all. And, and your parents basically would be coming home and work just in time to get you there to go to the parade. And you'd collect all this stuff. And, of course, they'd be drinking because everybody in New Orleans drinks all the time. And and then it would sort of wind up to the final weekend. And then the last day you would dress. And for us as kids, it was for the kids. That's all we thought about is that Mardi Gras was just kind of a kid's thing. That they had these people dressing up and you yeah. dress up. And, you'd, and in a lot of ways it is. So And then sort of... The culture, the side culture of it inside the French Quarter and in the Marigny where people, where there's no kids anywhere around, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, as a matter of fact, leave the kids away from this area. We never saw that. So sure. growing up, that wasn't a factor. So people that would be like, oh, your kids must be really in danger 
the community protects kids from those types oh, of things. Oh yeah, you were on local streets watching parades, like, and mm-hmm. and that's what was so great about it is that you could do it, and and of course that would be the first place where you drink a beer. That's yeah. the first yeah. place you would secretly kiss somebody or do anything that was you didn't mm-hmm. want your parents to see because mm-hmm. they were over there drinking, you know, yeah. and getting wasted, and so it's kind of learn how to live that way sort of thing down there, you know. I love it. When you got married, did you do the, um, I can't remember what they call it, but they go out into the street and they kind of have like a parade with the bride and the groom and there's like the band that follows them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, uh, I think you got, yeah, like second line. That's it, second line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But going out on the street, that's kind of like a jazz funeral. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, which could be compared to marriage in certain marriages. <laughs> come on, come in on. Certain, not my marriage. Okay, yeah. My marriage is great. Mm-hmm. Actually is. Yeah. I have a great marriage. Cool. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. we love each other. We have a lot of fun together. She's from New Orleans, too. So. And did you guys move out here to, to L.A. together? Yeah. High school sweethearts. Wow. I'll be darned. Yeah. What's the name of the high school? Jesuit High School. Jesuit High School. Is it Catholic, a Catholic school? Catholic High School. And yeah. both of your lineages, your ancestries, do they go back in uh, quite a ways in New Orleans? Or mm, Mine sort of does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um, my, my father's German. His middle name is Adolf. He fought in World War II, so he, they sent him to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but his family kind of moved over, and there's a bunch of, uh, and my mom is French, mm-hmm. uh, St. Amal. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's French Cajun, but they never really talked about being Cajun. Mm-hmm. You know, Cajun mm-hmm. was kind of a not a great thing back then. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of the low life, sort of the sure. the Haybras, and and then like Cajun food and Cajun music came along. And I love Popeye's Rage and Cajun deal. That That's what is... I grew up on. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. No, I mean, great food, great environment, uh, amazing place to grow yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And here you are in Los Angeles. Yeah. For how long now? Since uh, 1985. And you came out as an actor. To be an actor. Yeah, and how yeah. did that all get started? Mm, well, let me see. I was... Uh, in high school, I was uh, in high school with my wife. We were in West Side Story together. What'd you play? Oh. I was uh, uh, a shark. Oh, I, you were. I was a football player, so uh-huh. they uh, they kind of recruited a bunch of football players to look tough to be gang members, yeah. and so we did. We looked tough, and and then in a reading one day, one of our uh, teachers was pretty uh, effeminate, and he was playing the mm-hmm. uh, the principal of the school, and he wasn't available for one rehearsal that day, and they were like. Uh, Hey, Jack, why don't you read the principal? And I kind of played around with it, and I kind of put my uh, best sort of effeminate voice like he was doing it, and they were like, oh, my God, that's so funny. And and next thing I know, next day, it's like, will you play the principal of the school, too? And I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. So for that dance in the gym, you're the guy who, like, brings everybody together. All right, boys and girls, you know, and you come out and you do the whole thing. It's my all-time favorite music. Exactly. That's so funny. And she was Maria? Uh, no, we were both kind of in the cast. In the cast, and is that how you met, or you knew each other beforehand? We knew each other beforehand. Okay. We were, we used to hang out in New Orleans. There was a city park, and uh, there was a place that we called the DDL, the designated drinking location. Uh, so we would all. <laughs> that's a great kid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Really funny. <laughs> DDL. So yeah, meet me at the DDL. <laughs> so, <laughs> quiet, dude. Yeah, yeah. Until it was actually shut down because of awful things happened there. 
which we don't need to go into at this. Not between us, but there was like, sure, sure, so sure. it's the city of crime. Became yeah. the yeah. DOA. Yeah, the, the DDL. DDL, DDL became the DOA, exactly. <laughs> but I touched her boob at the DDL, and oh. everything went from there. Well, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. She's awesome. She's great. Cool. So you moved to L.A., so you're an actor. What was the first gig you landed when you got here? I, I arrived in town, and one of my friends from New Orleans, um, he's he he knew somebody, and he was like, "Okay, I can set you up to stay at USC because I was coming to go to school too." Because oh, yeah. that was one of the things is that I kind of didn't make it through LSU where I went to school, and they were like, All right, "Go to USC," and I was like, "Okay," but but I went to Santa Monica College first, and I stayed at USC because I had to get my grades back up to go to USC, and he was like. Um, Hey, my my friend is a producer. He can get you on this show called uh, a movie called Iron Eagle. Do you want to do it? And I was <laughs> like, Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to act. I mean, I you know I but yeah. And I show up, and the guy's like, You come this way. And he brought me over there. He ended up being the casting guy, his friend, producer slash casting. And he's like you're perfect for this. I'm going to put you right in here. And he like got me all dressed up and got me in all the uniform. And I'm like, and literally there, I see them, all the cameras moving in. I've never been around anything like that. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen here? And they're like, okay. And he literally walked me up in front of the camera and he's like, okay, where can he be? And I was like immediately a featured extra, you know? And like Lou Gossett Jr. was there and Jason Jedrick and the whole scene wow. was happening. And this is my... I'm not there 10 minutes. I'm in in L.A. for a day, and all these people around me, he's like, okay, now listen to them. And they're like, okay, uh, do you know how to salute? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can salute. And and I look at it now. It's the worst salute you've ever seen. Uh, yeah, I got to like, see this yeah, now. Yeah. Absolutely awful. And that's all it was. And I, and, 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 and But they featured me, and I could see it, and they did, actually pushed in. The camera came up on me, did a close-up of me saluting, and I was like, Oh my God! And wow! Then, and then the casting guy pulled me aside, and he's like, um, "I'm going to take you around. You're going to meet uh, Jason Jadrick. You're going to meet Lewis." And he introduced me to all the stars, and I was so freaked out by because I had no idea what was going. He's like, "Okay, I'm, I'm, uh, I work directly with Tom Cruise, and I want to put you on the same line that Tom Cruise is on. And oh my if gosh. you're okay with that, I want you to meet me tomorrow. We're going to have, a, we're going to have a meeting." And I was like, oh, "My last name Go Grieve, you know." Yeah. You know, when somebody dies, you go grieve. You know, that's all happening. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my resume. <laughs> and, and, and literally, he told me, like, meet me on Monday. And you didn't have cell phones or anything like that. Yeah. And he's like, okay, meet me on Monday at this address. And Thomas Guide. Yeah, yeah that's the, the old maps. I, I didn't even have that yet. I, didn't, oh. I was in town. I, didn't, I got lost on the way in, so I had no idea where I was. And there were these two other extras who were lifers. You know, I could see them. They're like, hey, man, they like you. You should, uh, <laughs> yeah. want to smoke a joint? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't think, no, I probably shouldn't. I think I'm, they want me to be something else. And he's like, yeah, well, look, just go over there, but carefully, you know, he, you know, he never knows what's going to happen. I'm like, okay. And I didn't know what they were talking about. And I was like, God, I never know what's going to happen. So, of course, in my head, I was like, I don't know how to act. And they're going to put me in front of these cameras. So I never called the guy. I never went back. You never showed up? Never showed up. Was that the first and last thing you did? 
<laughs> no, I've done plenty of other stuff since, just nothing you've ever heard that, of. That's, well, the that's not the done. climax I was looking for. No, yeah. But yeah. folks, if you're listening and, you know, okay, some things you're not going to show up for. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't necessarily mean the and end I've, of the world. But I went and checked into school, and and that's when I sort of became an actor. And I, and then that's when I, I, I literally did not know how to act. I had only done West Side Story before. I really didn't even know how to talk. Tell you the truth. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, so for me, it was like, I was kind of got the feeling because people are saying, oh, you, you're going to be a star because you got beautiful blue eyes and you, you mm. look pretty good. And I'm like, okay, what exactly is that? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of depressing. You're like, really. do I want that? I don't know if I want that. Yeah. And, when, and as soon as they pushed it in my face, I was like, I, I don't think I want that. I think I want to go yeah. be on a stage like I did in West Side Story because that was fun. And so then you yeah. you did end up being a stage actor. Yeah, I ended up being a stage in actor. London, right? I did. Uh, well, I went to Edinburgh. I went to USC, and yeah. at USC we went to the Edinburgh uh, okay. uh, Fringe Festival and did did a bunch of work there. Awesome. Did about twenty shows, you know, Brighton Beach memoirs, Lone Star, several different trips. Honestly, it was just one really big trip, but it was okay. with the same group of people, and I had gone. I almost went back another time, but I, I, I love the work that we did down there. We did some amazing stuff, yeah. But now you're a Los Angelino. I am. Been in the Los business Angelino. for, yeah. and here we are. Yeah. Culminates with iTunes Shuffle. And but, <laughs> can you talk about, pro- like, before we get into the songs, props? Like, why? what, is, what does that mean? Well, I'm a... You're a prop... I'm, I'm a prop master is what I am. That's where I make most of my living from. I do... I For a living, I make... Uh, I do. I'm a prop master, and on the side, I do shitty movies as an actor. So yeah, yeah. yeah. What does a day in the life of a prop master look like? It's uh, basically you're collecting a lot of things that's got to work on camera for people, and it's got to be right there on the spot. And depends on what you're doing. I do a lot of television commercials. I also work on some movies and some TV shows, and done some interesting stuff lately. I worked on uh, Westworld. That was cool. Nice. Yeah. I just saw the pilot for the very first time. Yeah. I got the best part of that was getting to sit down and right next to uh, Anthony Hopkins and Ed Harris and mm-hmm. watch their process. And oh, wow. They do nothing. When, um... <laughs> I mean, they literally do nothing when they're speaking. It's like, everything's like this. None of, none of their face moves. Everything is just very... That, that would be fascinating to see. It is. And yeah. it means everything. And it's so impactful. But you can see their wheels moving so well and so... Yeah. So oiled. I'm just trying to figure it like props put this together for me. So I have a friend that says that he builds props. His coolest, biggest project was putting together like a, a Venus flytrap for mm. Katy Perry on her stage. <laughs> right? Is that kind of what you do? They're like, I imagine this thing. And they're like, can you make it or find it or put it together? Sure, sure. There's usually a, a production designer in there involved somewhere that sort of comes up with the overall concept. And then you step in and and sort of make that happen and, and collect all the elements and make it work. That's so cool. That's pretty cool. It's, that's a fun job. Yeah. Because it's different all the time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you find yourself, like this week, trapped in a four-by-seven bathroom with 17 guys trying to film a woman in a, uh, in a, in a mirror and trying not to see any of the other people in the room, and you're going, okay, Jesus, how, how are we going to get this done? It's wow. Hot and sweaty with a, a woman in a scary doll. <laughs> that's all I'm telling you. That's all I have for you. I'm not going beyond That's that. enough for it me. It can be not glamorous. That's yeah. for darn sure. Yeah. Well, I am so excited to jump into your music. I just want to remind you, David, I do have nuggets that you are welcome to drop at any time. Okay. This is your song number one. 
she believes in reincarnation but he doesn't think the world's that mean she says she's a cutter and wishes her mother had the resolve and strength to leave he admits to bad moods because of his issues but kicked out of bars and churches and prep schools he stops to listen as she's singing and he only hears it cause it's different I love his voice it's a newer song last five years or so I mean, the subject matter is definitely not uh, classic rock. No, but he's done. I'm actually seeing him tonight play at the Viper Room in Hollywood with his older band that was called Virgil. Oh, not, wow. Not Max, yeah. Who, who is it? His name's Andrew Paul Woodworth. Andrew Paul Woodworth. Yeah, he's a... The song is called Pleasure to Meet You. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine, and he's a... Uh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a close friend of mine, and, and to me, that's the coolest thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, music and mm-hmm. and knowing the people sings, it just makes the music so much better, because you can relate to it, you know, some of their personal stories, right? and, and it's just like, it, it hits you right in the heart, right in the, right yeah. in the bones, you know, mm-hmm. and he's so good, and... Uh, it's so hard when I hang out with them not to just go, hey, can you uh, sing for me right now? Can you like play some music? Can you do anything? But How'd you meet him? Um, uh, through another friend of mine. Yeah, he just was, hanging out? Yeah, yeah he, he was an actor, too. He okay. was in uh, Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh, okay, yeah. I yeah, that. yeah, he was <laughs> in Ernest Goes to Camp with one of my other best friends, Patrick Day. I don't know if you know him at all. We did, he and I did comedy together in a group called the, uh, the Mock Knots. Nice. Yeah, in the 90s, we did a sketch improv stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, and Andrew was always there. He'd come to watch us, and then we'd go see his band. And then he had some, you know, he he had some sort of minor hits, nothing big, but every album he does is just hits me right in the heart, and he's so great. Have you bought every album? Yes, I have. And That's... I make sure I buy them, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Those were great days, and, and we're so lucky to be able to to have that kind of an experience, certainly when you're in the sort of sketch comedy, which mm-hmm. was like really blowing up. And sure. I guess the mid-80s and into yeah. the 90s, it was like sketch fests and things like that. Yeah. And then there was always the band. You know, like I lived with a, 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 a band that was local in Boston, and, and mm-hmm. yeah, I totally get what you're saying about yeah. that connection. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. What is it about this song that made you bring it to the show uh, just because it sort of runs through my blood a little bit because i i wanted to make sure that he got in this because him as an artist and when i think of him i think of this song and i and i think he just digs deep into a relationship that i he, he had he has an ex-wife that all that we all knew mm-hmm. and that they got separated from and he often sings about her and i don't honestly know if this song's about her or not sure, but sure. i always think of her when i hear the song cuz she's in the music video and everything like oh, that wow. and uh again another personal oh, it struck connection me. the the lyrics you know she was a cutter and prep school kid and it's my yeah. first i this is the first time i heard it it's got great catchy opening and i was thinking mm-hmm. maybe there's some pink floyd coming up here that i never heard before i didn't know where it was going mm-hmm. but those lyrics i mean is that do you identify with the lyrics? I do person? identify with the How so, on a personal level? Um, well, my girlfriend was not a cutter. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I'm reaching right now. I think I just, it's more the soul of the music, I it's, think. Yeah, which is I, fine. I think it's the heart of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and something about, I don't know, it, it seems that he's there's a lot being lost in the song. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and I can relate to loss. You know, I've lost my mother and my father, and yeah. 
and a and a brother. And, you got kids too, right? And I do have kids. How was it raising kids in L.A.? I mean, because I, awesome. I, L.A. to me is prep school, and it is like <laughs> yeah. issues, like that were not issues sure. when I was in high school in the eighties, you know, uh, late seventies. Uh, and so you're you have one kid, or I have two girls, two girls, and yeah. you raised them up in public school, LAUSD schools. No, uh, South Pass. South Pass. South oh, Pass. okay. Yeah, nice. yeah that's a great yeah. high school. That's yeah. a really great. Wa- yeah, yeah. My wife's really smart. She was yeah. like, when we moved in, she got pregnant. She goes, "We're moving to South Pass," and I'm like, "No, I like it in L.A." And she goes, "No." We're moving to South Pass. We're raising kids. We're going to live there. We have dinner at Mike yeah. and Ann's on a regular basis. Yeah, <laughs> I love that place. It's just an awesome place to I love that kids. place. Yeah. 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 No, we, we love South Pass and uh, raised them there. Well, my younger daughter, she's a singer. She's uh, she's working real hard. We just saw her the other night doing a, one of her shows. She's, oh, cool. a, she's in a group called Morning Flower, lead singer, songwriter. And they're both out of high school now? Yeah. Wow. Both. Uh, I guess Do you think if like, you weren't related to her, you'd be like, yeah, that's good? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm probably more critical of her just because I'm I'm I kind of. It's hard. What sort of the way my life went along? You know, we were doing the sketch comedy. We had a TV show. We had a bunch of stuff going on, and there was a big old SAG strike in 2001. I don't know if you remember Mm -hmm. that. We were around for that, and when just everything sort of collapsed, and I was like, I can either sort of go to Canada and presume and go after like where all the acting and where nobody's acting in LA right now is just dead and I could go up there because I was also trying to be a director at the time or I can stay in LA and like coach my kids in softball and be like at home and make a living and do that sort of thing so and do like a real life that means something and and so I opted for that and I thought that was sort of 2001 2001. Yeah, that's when I opted to go nonprofit international, and I, I walked that's away from right. a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, you and me together. Yeah, wow. I don't. I wasn't even aware there was a strike. It was like I got an opportunity, and I was working a lot, like in late 90s and through like 2003, pretty. But uh, it was yeah, it just other things came up. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah, because it comes it's, around. It's totally okay, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like right now, I'm actually probably working more as an actor than i have in a long time and it's like totally unexpected you know just not doing like big stuff but you know independent films yep. a guy named paul osborne just put me in his movie called cruel hearts mm-hmm. and what are you doing to that i get beaten up and i cry and i get like a ball gag in my mouth oh well, that's different. Fun, fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's why we're actors, because yeah. you would never do any of that in real life. No, I never yeah. get experience that <laughs> anywhere else. You get to play no. big pretend. And then I got to play a a, a, a serial killer. That's Good. fun. Yeah. That was kind of fun. You know, I didn't actually kill anybody either, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a. Uh, but the the prep was hard. I did have to kill some people in the prep. But the, besides that, right? You got to get into the role. Yeah, of yeah. method acting. Yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want method acting. <laughs> Woo! Wow, we're kicked off real good here. This first and foremost. So we can actually start recording soon. <laughs> no, you're in, baby. There's no turning around. Yeah, go grieve now. Okay. <laughs> All right, Jack. Song number two. Early one morning, with time to kill, I borrowed Jeb's rifle and sat on the hill. I saw a lone rider crossing the plain. I drew a bead on him 
to practice mine. My brother's rifle went off in my hand. A shot rang out across the land. The horse he kept running, the rider was dead. I hung my head. I hung my head. Jeez. Jesus. Never heard this one before. Yeah. Golly. It's actually a Sting song. Sting wrote that song. Is that right? Really? Yeah. I'll be damned. Yeah. I'll be damned. What's what? a, is it the last album? For Sting, no, it was like one of no, for, no, I think it, this is Johnny Cash in his last when he was doing the last, last yeah, covers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For when a man comes around, mm-hmm. I think the album's called where he was doing covers of different people's yeah. albums, okay, songs and yeah. stuff. Okay. And, uh, and you listen to the Sting one, it's great too. It's much more complicated, but there's it, just so much out there. You can never get it all in. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this one. What does it take yeah. you? What's what? Why'd you pick it? That song always rings in my head because I don't have this deep seated fear of being either accused of something I didn't do <sighs> or totally some, relate to that know, or being, finding myself framed. incarcerated for and being like or being put to death for something that either I didn't do or I did on accident that wasn't because part of something I wanted to happen I don't know maybe it happened to me in another life if there was another this has life. been since you were young yeah me too. That's weird. No, it is. A, it's. I, that, that's a very interesting thing. I don't know how common it is, but just I know I'm going to get fucked over. Yeah. Something's going to happen. It's going to fuck me over. And you guys have over. felt that way since you were young, like, yeah. like young, like long before <gasps> hashtag Me Too was a real thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I expect. I mean, I, I suspect there might have been two different genres. Mine maybe was born of a, a fatuation with crime. When I was younger, I was actually planning crimes. And friends remember me like sitting down and saying, this is how we're going to rob the bus. And wow. we actually would do it. So it may be an offshoot of that. I mean, there's some psychological stuff that probably plays into it for me anyway. Sure. But I've never heard anybody talk about that before. Wow. Like uh, getting framed. And that's this song takes you there. How did you come across this song? How did this song? Um, I have the album for, for years. You're Johnny Cash. I, I love Johnny Cash, yeah, you yeah, know, but yeah. who doesn't? I mean, mm-hmm. honestly. And... Um, yeah, I think for me it was like I was, when I was a kid, I was kind of a, a loner, but I was the youngest of seven, and, so, and everybody was so loud in my family that I was always like, I don't think I actually started talking till I was like five or six, and wow. it was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I said something. Youngest I, of yeah. seven? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I, I, some of my earliest memories are like hiding behind trees and watching everybody else playing, and it wasn't, it sounds awful, but it wasn't No, so I get it. They were nice trees. <laughs> <laughs> Is the whole family together? The the house you grew up in still your house? No, it's not. It got uh that house got uh flooded for Katrina, but we okay. were we were out of it already. Uh-huh. I actually passed by and saw it this last year. Walked okay. went by it, and the woman was out front, and I was like, "Do you mind if I come in your house?" And she's like, "Did you really me? do that?" I did. My wife and I did. Wow. Yeah. So we went in, and huh. yeah, and she had redone it completely different, but there were some things that were really familiar. Yeah. My my mom's version was much nicer. At least in my mind, it was. Gosh, yeah. You like country music? Sort of. There's yeah. a song Miranda Lambert wrote called "The House That Built Me," which is exactly that experience. Going back to like her childhood home and asking the woman, like, "Can I come in and see it?" Really? And she talks about how, like, yeah, in that back bedroom, that's where I learned to play guitar. My dog is buried in the yard. Those hand, those are my handprints on those. St- so, like, every time I hear that song, it just makes me go, like, "Oh my god, big tears." So. As you talk, like, I'll have yeah, to send you the link to the song. You're, you're giving me chills, too, yeah. just, just saying that, because 
when we went back, it was a little bit of that experience. But yeah. It was, it was just a little more real. You know, I was like, I can't okay, really. I got to go to yoga now. It's like, oh, okay. Can't really <laughs> do that. But every time, like, I meet up with my dad, for whatever reason, we always do this, but we get on Google Maps and look at the houses that, you know, he bought. Wow. On Google, because just how they look now, and oh, they got a pool now. They took down that tree. They took down that tree, you know, like, oh. and it's just that. That they took thing. down a tree from our house too. Yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, one big, huge oak that right? covered the whole. Like house. that was base. That was home base. That was yeah. where everyone played home tag. Base, yeah. <laughs> so hundred percent. Right. You just nailed it yeah. right on that. Wow. That was home base. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. You're in my head. Yeah, there. <laughs> it's called a Y-Tunes connection on this show. Yeah, yeah, yeah they happen. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing how though, like a physical structure can bring back so much into your life in terms right. of like what it means to you and, and, and just the emotions that it can bring up and how it makes you feel. Just those walls if they could talk. Yeah. We had a we had a fire not too long ago at a house in South Pasadena where it was weird. We were moving from one house to another house and we moved and and but we had to be out of one house really kinda quick and so we moved into the next house and we took everything we owned. Our kids were basically in college, so we took all we had and we moved it all into the garage. And we had nothing in the actual house that we were staying in. And it was like our first weekend we were there. And and our kids came home from college that night yeah. on Thursday night. And they were in the house. We had no furniture. And something happened in the garage that was filled with everything we owned. And that burned down to the ground that night. Oh, my with God. With like every single item that we had. And it was like devastating. It was mind-blowing. And it just just the whole process of going through that stuff and finding what was still there what oh was water gosh. soaked because of short course they shoot yeah. with water and and just laying everything out and and the yeah, pictures and the pictures just yeah grandma's jewelry and just yeah. that stuff you can't replace it was it was remarkable it was one of the ugliest feelings i've ever had but yeah but you know i'm we, sure you still battle with that no. A little bit. It was traumatic. It, yeah. was, it was, I, I was running around screaming, fire! The way I handled it so wrong. It was my kids laughing at me today. They were like, Dad, <laughs> you realize you were in your underwear running down the street screaming fire. I was like, well, I had to let people know. I was like, they knew it the first time you screamed. You were fine. There's the, the, the fact that it was- Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was unbelievable. What was it wow. that, that caused the fire? Do you know? It was. It ended up being like some weird short in a wall that was, there was- uh, old air condition unit that had a plug that was still stuck in the wall and maybe something that was in there kind of leaned into it it was either just like settled and yeah. well, it's either that or something else a rat i can't tell the other story okay that's no. fine okay <laughs> all right <laughs> so johnny cash huh yeah Can, i'm gonna share this story with you then because it kind of relates so this is the y tunes nugget on johnny cash i hung my head barry gibb from the Bee Gees. Mm -hmm. he actually bought the house that cash lived in uh, until he died in Tennessee in 2007, um, while the home was being renovated for Barry Gibb, that caught fire and burned to the ground. Wow. Hmm. I did not know that. Crazy. Johnny want to take it with him. Take the house with him, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to be really... I just thought that was a really weird connection since we, that came yeah. up over that song. Yeah, we talked yeah. about fire. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, I wouldn't doubt it if there's some sort of spiritual weird magic around johnny cash i mean just the impact he's had on the world right and when, when did you start can i drop the second nugget then yeah. Hit it. Hit it. all right so cash was in the air force notoriously right mm -hmm. and while he was employed as a code breaker in germany 
his job was to like intercept Morse code messages from Russia. He was the first American to learn of Joseph Stalin's death when he intercepted a message about the Soviet's uh, that's, demise. That's really trippy. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Like the first American. The first that American. is such a great little nugget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Golly. Yeah, and you started listening to Johnny Cash when you were in high school? I didn't get into him until I was in my late 20s. It, it was a little later for me, too, because yeah. it wasn't like Johnny Cash was a big New Orleans thing. Because we were younger, country. it was like... Uh, they June and Johnny would be part of celebrity things that were like sure. Glenn Campbell yeah. and June Carter and yeah. Johnny Cash. Yeah. And I was like, who's this weirdo? Stuff like that. So that's the beautiful thing about music is that suddenly it'll it'll blossom at a time when you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. And that's that I mean, I'm I'm so adding this song to my iTunes. Yeah, at this and, point. and and you should that take whole the, album. Yeah, yeah, and you get down to the end of it and it, mm. the song really develops even it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a storytelling. I mean, who it's so great when musicians to me take the time to tell a whole story and sort of isolate the whole transition of everything where it goes that's great you know mm-hmm. and give it a beginning and a middle and an end you he know? in particular yeah yeah yeah, yeah. johnny yeah. cash johnny cash wow all right jack song number three Tell us everything. <laughs> that that's really from my trip from New Orleans to L.A. That, okay, that, it, it's one of those you know great things about music is getting in a car. I mean, that's one. <laughs> you're, you're so right. You're yeah. so right. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's synonymous. What yeah. was the car you drove out? It was a uh, a Cutlass Supreme. No, <laughs> my stepfather had one of those '78. <laughs> a gold Cutlass Supreme. Yeah, oh. I, I, I don't remember what date it was, but it was pretty cool. It was good. And uh, I was, I remember specifically, I was driving through Arizona and I was listening. I was, I only had like a few cassette tapes. So I was between them and like Dire Straits and a couple other bands that I was just sort of <laughs> mm-hmm. locked into. And that's all I had, really. And, and, and David Bowie was kind of new to me at the time. It wasn't really sort of one of my things. So it was kind of, it was blowing my mind because I was listening to all the words and all the craziness and just images of him as, as Ziggy Stardust and and I had um I had problem the car broke down once and I was you know and alone you were driving alone I was driving alone wow. the first time yeah okay. and and then I went back and got my wife who was in Florida uh-huh. and we went all the, I went all the way back to Miami and she had a car in Miami another Cutlass and then we drove all the way from Miami to Southern California one year later. In two cars? In two no, cutlasses. No, no, no. I, no, I flew. <laughs> oh, you flew. I drove yeah. to I New Orleans. I drove to New Orleans to L.A. and sort of Full. got settled. 
and then flew back to Miami a year later when she finally made the it got decision the other cutlass. She couldn't live without me because yeah, so special. <laughs> and uh, and then we got her cutlass and drove it all the way. I love Florida. that there's two cutlasses. There's I just something I huge <laughs> about that story. That's a, such a huge plot yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the other cutlass, or yeah, at least a great line. Yeah, it was great. It was great. But this song, so this is like song, your solo, but... your solo trip across. It ended up being both because it was so great on oh. my trip when I was going there that I had to turn her on to it and go, these are the same tapes. I brought them all with me. We're going to listen nice. to them again. And, uh, yeah, and, and the, but I remember specifically driving through the desert in Arizona, and I was kind of insane. I'm not, I, was, I wasn't a drug addict, but I smoked pot, and I was 19 years old, and, and that thing was going on. And I remember I was so bored, and I was going, God, I wish I had some pot or I, <laughs> something like that. And I remember seeing this guy, and he <laughs> drove right by me, and I see him take the last hit off of a roach and throw it out the window. And I'm like, oh, no. So I, so I drive up on side of him, and I'm like, hey, do you have any? And he's like, follow me. And so we go, and we go off on the side of the road into some Indian reservation, and he drives me into this guy's house. And I remember the guy was like, 300 and something pounds and he's oh. just sitting there and he had his little box and he and he pulled it out and he sold me something i had almost no money and i was like oh this is all i got and he's like oh, okay you get this and he gave me that and, and they smoked me out and i got super stoned oh and, 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 and like an idiot i get back in my car and i'm like on the final stretch and i'm thinking okay i can make this to la i'm, I'm on the road and there's one place that the I-10 actually changes, mm -hmm. and it's in Phoenix. Yep. You have to get off the 10 and then get back on, or I think it's Highway 7, or you ended up going straight north. Yep. And I was so stoned that I just curved right up <laughs> and just started heading north. And the night's turning, and I'm like, and then I see, like, Flagstaff, and I'm like, where's Flagstaff? That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to L.A. I shouldn't be out and. Then comes the uh, coming up on the Grand Canyon. I'm like, oh no, I did something wrong here. Oh, man. Yeah. You no went Siri, that far? no Google no Maps. Nothing. Yeah, I went way. I was, I was really stoned. Did and you it, at least go? <laughs> <laughs> did you stop at the Grand Canyon at least? You're like, no, well, I'm I already here. I didn't make it there. Ah. I turned around. I had I headed back. I had somebody waiting for me. And my friend that introduced me to the person that put me in the movie. They were waiting for me, and I ended up making it back to making it to LA that night and falling asleep as I was driving at the when the, all the highways meet and and I remember and I actually and it was like at USC where he was and that was not a great neighborhood at the time still not that great but I continued on and I think I exited somewhere on Martin mm -hmm. Luther King Boulevard and mm -hmm. I didn't know anything about it and mm -hmm. and I just pulled my car over and I went to sleep because it was like four o'clock in the morning oh my gosh yeah and I woke up in the morning and I was like oh and there's people walking around I'm like, oh this was not USC for sure and uh, and there was a telephone uh, a, a payphone which don't exist anymore mm -hmm. and I pick up the payphone and I call him. I'm like, oh man, I'm sorry I fell asleep on the side of the road. Can, I'm not sure where I'm getting. He's like, where are you? I'm like, I don't know exactly, but I was like, I don't know, like Florence and Normandy or something. Oh he's like, oh my God. God. <laughs> you know, what is oh that? my and God. A few years he's later. Like, he's like, roll up your window, stay there, I'm going to come get you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I, I didn't worry about things like that back then. Yeah. So he, he did, obviously. And that was fine. Yeah, was of course. Fine. People Still, people. What a story. Yeah. What a story. Yeah, That's yeah. So funny. Thanks, David Bowie. <laughs> Thanks, David yeah. Bowie. <laughs> Good companion to have along the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Song number four. 
Did I mention that I'm married for 30 years? Do you know the song, David? I'm here in Miami Vice. It's a a solid, it's a great song. Why? Because Eric Clapton, this was his second number one hit. This was until like 1996. Oh, is that right? It's called Forever Man. Yeah, I know the song. You gotta play the main part. I love how he says try to be, you know, because <laughs> uh-huh. it's like I'm going to try to be your forever man, you know, because it's not easy to be. I was going to say 30 years. That's not very common. Yeah. yeah. Not these days. No. That's for sure. Well, you got to go through the hills and the valleys, you know, and how you, you got to accept them. I think you need help. And I, mean, I think you need to. There's certain points in times where you got to literally reach out and find a better way to think. Mm-hmm. And we, we did actually. It was a few years ago. I think it was like five years ago, you know, and there was, it was starting to really feel like it was coming to an end. Oh, no. You know, just because we were, the kids were gone and we were trying to be, you know, all of a sudden we were finding ourselves being islands again. We didn't have to show up every day and do this, that, and the other thing, you know, and to take our mind off of everyone else, take our minds off of everything else and- and then um, basically, you know, things started to crumble a little bit. You know, you start to go back, you know, sort of midlife crisis sort of thing. And, and you know, and then we reached out. And we found some good help for ourselves. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I can recommend people a great way to save a marriage. It's a, uh, it's a thing called Imago. Imago. I M A G O. It's a, it's basically a way of, it's sort of a, faultless sort of approach to like fixing marriages that it basically says that whatever's going on in your life and your and your marriage is basically some sort of result of your own family issues you know your own family of origin issues and that Mm -hmm. and that instead of sort of begging the other person to give you what you need to turn your focus around and give them what they need Mm -hmm. because it's a lot easier for me to recognize what you need than Mm -hmm. it is for you sometimes Mm -hmm. because people are too close to it and it's more detailed than that but it's a it's a really sort of open great way to go if you want to fix something i mean they acknowledge right off the bat there's like that that through these studies or whatever and i believe it that 90 percent of all marriages are unhappy could you could could Imago work in a, in the beginning of a marriage? Is yeah. it something that you should? Because I'm in a new relationship Absolutely. that's going a hundred and fifty thousand miles an hour. Absolutely, you and know I what? want this one to work so badly, and she does too. And we're both in our fifties and have had so much other false starts. So Imago, highly recommended. Cool. Yeah, Very it starts cool. it starts with a uh, a group session. Okay, and that's and you realize because a lot and a lot of the people that are in the group sessions are parents who bought their kids. A session for Imago so they can start off Good their note. relationships with that. Wow. Yeah. It's 90%? That's that's what they say. That Yeah, and huge percent end up in divorce. 
And then whatever that number is, I, I, I don't know it in, in, in front of me, but whatever it is, obviously divorce is unhappy. Then after that, another like 35 or 40% of marriages are just people who don't like being with each other anymore and they don't talk and they try and... It sounds like you and your wife are friends. Yeah, like, yeah. absolutely. Just the way your face lights up when you talk about her. What's yeah. her name? Uh, Giovanna. Giovanna. Yeah, she's way cool. It sounds too that... Super hot. Both, yeah. <laughs> both of you are so cool and that you respect each other enough to say like something's off let's fix this you know like there had to be some deep respect for each other before you got to this crumble stage that you were like you know what let's 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 find help let's fix this i want to fix this yeah i think most people stop at something's off and then don't get to let's fix this you know and if you get to let's fix it and both of you mean it and you're willing to let go of yourself for a little while it's a, it's a much better way to get through it i think you know was this song picked specifically to talk about your marriage yeah absolutely. that's why you brought it to sure. it. what what else is going on with it i mean there's there's there well we got divorced last year so i no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> folks <laughs> we're heading to flagstaff <laughs> no no uh, it's it's no it's yeah so this was just this song and how long has this song been synonymous with your marriage it was in, it was our, one of our songs in our marriage so. oh it actually where'd yeah, you get married in yeah. new orleans in new orleans okay. yeah how was that what do you remember most about that that wedding you must have been what nine, 18 19 no you were in your 20s i was i was 24 my wife was 22 jeepers wow. yes. so, yeah. she was pregnant which oh. was funny you know, we had to like it's funny because the priest but she wasn't showing yet but the priest that we knew, because we were all Catholic and my dad was Catholic, uh-huh. he sat us down and we said, well, we're pregnant. And and he's like, kind of talk about breaks going on. He's like, well, what? And he's like, yeah, she's pregnant. We're going to get married. And my dad was Catholic and he had been given to this church for a long time. And the yeah. guy, and he pulled my dad aside and he's like, I don't think this is going to work out and all this stuff. And my dad's like, you're marrying these kids, you know, they're, they're, it's gonna happen, you know? And and every like anniversary after that, my father would like make sure we would go to church with him in New Orleans and he would pinpoint and we go, hey, it's my son and my wife, they're still married, how about that, huh? Yeah, Who was the one that was the naysayer? Was it the, the Father the Taramino. Yeah. That's negative publicity What was the alternative? What would be the alternative? Yeah, if that, you didn't get married. Not, not abortion. Hard to say. It never really went what to the alternative, but he did not approve of it. Maybe, maybe adoption or something oh, like that. Sure, or, yeah, or okay. you know, who knows? Wow. They're creepy, those guys. You know, I, I went to Jesuit school. I'm not religious, so it's like I've renounced sort of just about every aspect of that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jesuit. I mean, it was Jesuit was a great school, and I learned a lot from people from there. But I've, I've sort of gotten over the fairy tale a little bit and sort of moved on. Yeah, peace within and and it's it's a tough one. I mean, I'm I'm many of us find ourselves in in this situation, especially nowadays, I think, where, you know, kind of justifying a spiritual connection and then there's all the mm-hmm. different rules and regulations. It's traumatizing. I know. Yeah, it's not the spirituality of it that bothers me. It's the it's the dogma, you yeah, know, and yeah. it's and it's the 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 high priests and the people that are all connected to it or mm-hmm. the who have that special connection to God, you know, and, you know, and they, they creep me out. I hear you. <laughs> I, I hear you. And, and, and yeah, wow. I didn't realize that young, you know, wow. That's, that's, a, that's, that, that explains why you look so good. <laughs> it's yeah, like 30 years. Well, ago. I, I, I look good now because I've, <laughs> 
because mm-hmm. I'm what does she do? Plant based. What does she what what does she do? Um, she uh, works for uh, Metro. Metro. She, she right. deals with people with uh, dis- uh, people. I, I forget how to say it now. I don't say people with disabilities. She's in charge of a place called. Uh, she works for Metro and oversees access. Access. Yeah, that's because you know I work with people that have developmental disabilities. Yes. So access is our primary. Your wife works for access. She works for Metro. She used to work for access, and now she works for Metro and oversees. Oversee. Access. Yeah, is connected to access. It's what a service. Yeah, what a. Yeah. I would not have a job were it not for access. Wow. That's so amazing. They work really hard to do things right. I'm I'm very impressed with Metro. They're actually a really good business. Yeah, you know, yeah. People. It's easy to put down like sort of government. And funded things and like that, but I'm always super impressed how they do. The community it. has benefited tremendously from access, and, mm-hmm. and you know, most of my clients sure. come to their job site by access, and then all of a sudden, like Gelson's over in, in Los Feliz is a joyful place because we've got a person with a disability bagging groceries. You have no idea how be- beneficial that is to the sure. community. Absolutely. Know, in and of itself. That's so funny. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Tell she, her thank you, please. I will. I yeah, will. She's, yeah. get, she's getting her master's right now, so she's got one more semester of getting her master's. Damn, girl, get it. She's, super, she's badass. She's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. Life yeah. goes on and on yeah, and on does. and on. I love that. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sorry to say, this is song number five. I'm there. I'm, I'm in the audience right now. Yeah. yeah. I bet your girlfriend knows this. Most famous Brazilian uh, Portuguese singers, and he's uh, he did a so spell the name S E U, uh huh, like Jorge J O R G E, but it's a uh, George. Yeah, my my, my girlfriend's from São Paulo, Brazil. So yeah. she knows San, who yeah. Santos Football Club. Yeah, yeah, baby, it's so fun, <laughs> and I, I just I just knew it's I just wanted to listen to him because uh, he's so great. So it, it, we saw him at the Arroyo Seco. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He played right before Robert Plant. He was oh, this cool. year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, I was there last year yeah. for the nice. inaugural. That this was last great. Year was way better. I thought, last year, I went Petty? to both of them. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. I saw Petty there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it's just dance, fun music. It's a different language, and it doesn't matter. You know, it's yeah. like I don't know. He's talking about Carolina. And Carolinas, he talked about all Carolinas and just loving Carolinas. So I'm not sure what he's, he just loves just all Carolinas. Having a good time. Carol. So George. Carol, Carol, I love the Carol, horns. Carol. Oh, oh my God. So good. His show was so just, the, the crowd just, I was like, Robert Plant's brave coming after this guy. He yeah. really knows how to move a crowd. And, wow. Yeah. And Robert Plant was amazing too, but. Um, that Brazilian Jenga, man. Yeah. Like Pele had. Yeah. He did an album called uh, Life Aquatic. 
remember the movie Life Aquatic? It yeah. was with uh, he was Bill in Murray. that. Yeah, the Wes Anderson film, the yeah. Life Aquatic with yeah. uh, Steve Zizou. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> he did. He did the soundtrack, which was uh, all the redos of the David Bowie songs. Yep. And just really uh, interesting. Yeah, that's a great album too. So, so this sparks fun in the it's soul. Good time, man. I love to dance. Jack Gogrip. I had a little regret that I didn't put any uh, New Orleans music in there because I was going to put the New Orleans. Jazz we got theme Bible. shows coming up. We got best of shows coming up. This thing's going to go on and on. Oh yeah, yeah baby. Yeah, yeah. I like that you say that you dance a lot. I've been. Exposed to a lot of those videos lately, where it's um, senior citizens talking about the things they wish they had done more when mm. they were healthy and strong, and dancing is like the number one thing. Like I wish I danced more while mm. I was, while I could stand, while I could move. That's yeah. good. That's good advice. That's yeah. that's good advice. I love dancing so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. I always feel bad for when like the dancing starts and you'd say somebody, oh, I don't dance. I'm like, oh God, really? That's yeah. like the best part. That's yeah. like that's the thing that'll. <laughs> if you can cross that bridge and never go back, you're a good, per you know, you're a lucky yeah. person. Because I, like, I, I never gave a crap. I just get out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Body parts flying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm known for like halfway through the party ripping my pants, and then like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then the party starts. Then the party right, starts. Yeah, yeah. We've wow. been doing like. Um, a silent disco? Have you ever done one of those? Stop it! Oh my God! Stop! We're, that, we were just talking yeah, about this that. Is, uh, we're gonna go uh, next Friday uh, in Valeria. Have you yeah. ever done it before? No. Oh, it's the best. I, yeah. It's is the it? best. Oh, we're yeah. we're definitely going. Yeah. We're going next week. Nice. That's so funny. Well, when are we going? Friday. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's just sixty go. bucks a couple. Bring your wife. I will. Meet my girl. Yeah. We love it. It's uh, it's so Chad. fun. Bring Chad. Let's do this. Oh, he doesn't dance. Oh, welcome oh, back. He does. He does at home, like while we're alone. But he he's not a. Public dancer. Oh, we'll, we'll Unless you get that. a few cocktails in him, and then well, mate, we'll make it. And happen. he's feeling inspired. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. so great. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your music and your stories, and Wonderful. that's amazing. Before um, we get to concert stuff, we take a brain break, and I let David take over, and we play a game we call band name or bar name. That's right. This is Y Tune Shuffle's official quiz game, <laughs> where we travel all over the world based on suggestions from our previous guests, and I will research this particular place in the world that's discussed on the previous show i always do this intro differently and it always just makes it more complicated but basically i research the names of bands and the names of bars in a particular region or place and then i present to you and maggie the name of the bar and the name of the band you just have to decide which is which okay is it band name or bar name uh we are now in marietta georgia okay place you may have driven through at one point in your life and uh, we've just finished up the show and I say, hey, do you guys want to go check out this band called Two Monkeys? <laughs> oh, my God. It's freaking crazy. They're playing at Strawberries. I mean, are we there or not? I could easily say if we were in Marietta, hey, do you want to go hear Strawberries? Amazing. It's going to blow your mind. They're playing at Two Monkeys. Which one is the name of the bar? Which one is the name of the band? Do we scream it out or do I raise my Well, hand? you think hard and you can just say it, you know, scream it and then explain why. I I would just have to say that Two Monkeys is the name of the bar. Two Monkeys. Oh. Is well, you're from New Orleans, so there is there is a good culture of, of uh, and I think gastro of, I think of the cranberries being the, like the strawberries and somebody like that. That's what I thought at first, too, 
But I was going to go the other way because I was like, two monkeys, maybe it's just like two dudes and they're monkeying around. Mm. I don't know, ukuleles and stuff. Sure. <laughs> I don't sure. know. Well. Or maybe it's two actual monkeys that are playing. I hope they're wearing a vest. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so we're, 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 we're split, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, it is the mission of the Strawberry High School Band Program to develop a Stop. lifelong appreciation for music Aww. and the arts within each one of their students. I thought that was a really sweet little. That's cute. Oh, that's why yeah. they're called Strawberry. So it is a high school band. Yes. Build skills, allow them to be valuable members of society once they graduate. And they got to play it. Strawberry High School. Yeah. And they got to play at Two Monkeys? They get, well, Two Monkeys. Uh, friendly feel... joint offering pub grub, mm-hmm. bar games, a jukebox, and flat screen TVs, plus a back patio. That's located at 688 Whitlock <laughs> Avenue, Northwest Marietta, Georgia, 30064. Stop by, say hello if you can. Thanks for playing Bar Name or Band Name. Your sponsorship name goes here. And Jack, your job now is to take us somewhere for next week's show. Well, I mean, should I go to New Orleans? I mean, that's my hometown. I don't know we've been to New Orleans yet. I don't think so. Let's go to New Orleans then. You'll get a ton of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the one thing they got. You'll have a lot the of The city options. of New Orleans, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thinking very hard, Jack, we would love to hear the story of your very first concert experience. Oh, my God. It was, sadly... Ted Nugent, who I would never go see again for the rest of my life. But we didn't know no, back then. Know. Who knew back yeah, then? We were, we were young. And, and uh, playing along with Hart at the Rock and Roll Super Bowl. Uh-huh. In, in, that's what they called it, the rock, rock and Roll Super Bowl in the Superdome in New Orleans. Oh, okay. and, um, and I fell asleep with, my, with a lighter because everybody's lighting their lighter. Oh, and nice. I, I got my hand on the lighter and I lit it. And I was drinking a little bit because... That was my first concert, yeah. and I fell asleep with the lighter in my hand engaged, and I woke up to basically my hand on fire because because <gasps> I had it on for so long. Oh, my and God. The, the butane probably spilled off. The butane was spilling all over, and it was, <laughs> my hand was on fire. Who did you go with? I was some uh, a friend's a friend and his family. His dad had like a suite in the Superdome, and so oh. we went to that. So we were like in the special place. We were. Oh. Where they brought privileged. food. I, and, I grew up in yeah. a pl- privileged environment in the city of New Orleans. Just right. high school. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. What my fault? Mm-mm. I worked my way out of privilege. What's the really sister bad. school? <laughs> <laughs> What's the sister school of Jesuit right there in the St. Charles line? Uh, it's a, it's, it's, well, you got Sacred Heart. I that's think where the, I went. I taught at Sacred okay, Heart. Okay, yeah, oh, my, you my, did. Okay, I was okay. in New Orleans a couple of I times. I think Mount Carmel is actually the sister school. Okay, because okay, I think I wasn't definitely wasn't Mount Carmel because I took the St. Charles line up to a big that would Jewish be synagogue. Saint Charles. That would be uh, that would be um, uh, Sacred Heart. Sacred Heart. That's where I taught. About. Yeah. yeah, cool. And the last concert you went to. Last concert mm-hmm. was Wednesday night to see my daughter uh, Morning awesome. Flower play Morning at High Hat in Hollywood. They're going to be great. Her name's Shelby Gogreve. Do they have any like YouTube videos? Or she does. This is a new thing for her. She she was sort of like on this trajectory with uh, she would work with a lot of big bands and she'd have big crowds and she sort of was heading in that direction and she kind of said, you know what, I don't know if this is me anymore. And she hooked up with another. Guy singer songwriter that's her boyfriend and really got Sean Bloom and her name last name's Gogreve which is for morning M O U R N I N G and his last name is Bloom for flowers from morning bloom and they had a really great show the other night they nailed it it was the first one that I've seen them with the full band and I was impressed that's awesome and people tons of people showed up and they love her 
Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I say, great job. I haven't even gotten to talk about me reversing diabetes. And I'm probably not going to have time, but it's unbelievable. Well, it's I guess it would be worth mentioning that I saw a Facebook post of Jack and that you, like, the last time I saw you, you were, you know, heavier and like that, and you, you had diabetes, and you've I turned lost, it around. Yeah, I lost close to 60 pounds. But, but more importantly, I had full-on symptomatic diabetes, losing vision in my eyes, and as opposed to vision in my ears, I guess, you know, but yeah. losing vision and <laughs> just awful things happening, peeing all night long, just... And went to the doctor, and my numbers were through the roof. And wow. and my doctor said, I can either give you a shot of insulin today because it's that bad. I mean, people who know my A1C was 16, which is through the roof. Right. And, okay. and my, my blood daily blood sugar was between three and 400, <gasps> which is through the roof, which is full-on bad. You're going to die of diabetes if you don't do something. And he said, I can either give you medicine, medicine and a shot, or... You can start a whole food, plant-based diet today, and you'll have it taken care of in a month. Nuh-uh. A month. A month. And Was you were really? on cholesterol medication for 10 years. For 20 years. 20 years. None. I'm not taking it anymore. Wow. But, but now, in a month, yeah, my numbers went down. Just like he said, I was very detailed. And he said, you got to work out a half hour a day along with it. And I studied it, and I learned basically everything I've been eating my whole life. Basically, animal fat mm-hmm. gives you diabetes, gives you heart disease, and mm-hmm. and you can you just kind of need to stop eating that. Wow, wow, and you'll be fine. And Thanks since, for sure. And since then, I've had several people who've adjusted their diet and have completely reversed their diabetes. What's the best resource advice. if you're telling somebody? What's the best resource to go there's search? A, they, there's a book called How Not to Die. How Not to Die. Yeah, they should watch a, a Netflix show called What the Health. Uh-huh, if you've yeah. never seen that, uh, yeah. forks over knives, and believe what they say because it works. What and, the health? Yeah, and That's then good. and then get the book How Not to Die and follow a website a guy named Dr. Greger, who's on nutritionfacts.org, which is not supported by any corporate interest whatsoever. He just basically gives you information on how you can reverse your illnesses way beyond just diabetes and heart disease, but. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Yeah, and, it really is. And apparently it's cures as well. Mm-hmm. And keep dancing. And keep dancing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Bob, can, Thanks, we go, Jack. can we go out with uh, Sue Jorge? I threw a surprise at you, but he's a good dance music if we're going to keep dancing. Let's go out with it. Jack O'Grieve, you've been an amazing guest. Thank you for your time and your generosity. <laughs> and that is a nice out. Thank you yeah, for suggesting that. We're going we're gonna to take it out. You, you, you must know a little bit about production. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm, that's I'm, been Y2 Show. I'm a prop. David Earl Waterman <laughs> for being the best co-host ever, a.k.a. I Hollywood Secret Maggie Weapon. Maggie I'm Maggie Mayfield, your host. And if you haven't already, please like, share, and subscribe on any of the social medias at Y2 Shuffle. Thank you for listening. Bow, wow.